Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building and a longtime friend of the Good Morning Crypto Show, somebody many of our listeners are familiar with. Tony Edward is in the building, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how United States regulation is unfolding before our eyes. As Binance settled with the Department of Justice yesterday, paying over $4.3 billion in a settlement in a criminal case. We're also going to break down how the United States is becoming a pro-central bank digital currency stance, at least if you listen to Elizabeth Warren. We're going to show you a new video stating how she's pro-centralized currencies and anti-decentralized assets. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got a lot of exciting news to get into, but what caught my attention yesterday was the Binance settlement with the Department of Justice. We've also got a new video from Janet Yellen we're going to be breaking down. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, you may call it a settlement. I'll call it what it really is, a shakedown. But good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. The app's just great to be here with not only Gonzo, but our man, our friend of the show, Tony Edward. Happy to see you here, buddy. Can't wait to hop into it. And Gonzo, with the news yesterday, it's becoming more relevant than ever that Congress is going to be stepping in to regulate crypto. And we even heard from Hester Pierce. Congress has given the indication the SEC will not be the primary regulator. We're going to be breaking that down today as well. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm feeling outstanding, man. Really excited to be here with you guys two days uh, in a row and then get to be here with Tony. You know, Tony's always crushing it with all the interviews that he does, dude. I always learn so much when I watch his channel. So super excited to be here, man. And yeah, dude, yesterday was was crazy. You know, we're going to talk about it, but, you know, it's one of these, like, I feel like, you know, CZ was like the sacrificial lamb, right? As they transitioned from these disruptors into traditional, like, finance taking over, like, he was the sacrificial lamb. Because if you look at it, there was no fraud involved. I mean, yeah, we could talk about the money laundering kind of regulations that they weren't following but i mean it's i thought it was sad but like you know he was the sacrificial lamb well tony unfortunately they're stepping in right now department of justice the cftc but what's good for us is the sec was actually left on the sidelines yesterday and we're going to be breaking down a twitter thread from Stuart alderati but before we talk about that thank you for joining us this morning and how you feeling happy thanksgiving week 
Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, what a wild week. And the week is not even over yet. <laughs> uh, so lots to talk about with Binance. And yeah, Gary Gensler's little ego is getting smaller. You know, he tried to put out that SEC Kraken uh, lawsuit ahead of this news. But yeah, he, he got left in the dust on this one. And I think there's something that's worth addressing even before we get into the show. With all the negative news that came from the Department of Justice yesterday, the market didn't react that that poorly. I think the BNB token sustained itself Bitcoin was pretty positive throughout the day. What was your reaction to that, seeing the markets sustain themselves during that negative time? Yeah, it was really great to see that. And look, I think all things considered, this is not FTX. This is just, hey, Binance, you didn't do KYC in 2018 or some crap like that. Pay us some money and go hang out on the beach. That, that's pretty much what it is. He's not he's not going to see any jail time. And, uh, the, the you know, Janet Yellen and all these people get to grandstand and stand at the podium and act like they did something great. But but, you know, they, of course, don't do that when J.P. Morgan gets fined for money laundering or something. Right. So it's all a big show. Absolutely, Tony. And we already got 140 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, well, Johnny, Bitcoin is still sitting at 36,500 despite all the negative news from yesterday. Ethereum is 2,000. We've got XRP trading at 59 cents. Solana is $55 and Cardano trading at 37 cents. And I also think it's worth addressing the Bitcoin fear and greed index is still in greed sitting at a 67 this morning, but we're going to get this thing started with a little sentiment update when it comes to the American markets. This is a very important influencer out of the New York Stock Exchange CEO, Thomas Farley, talking about the state of crypto today. And listen what he says about Bitcoin and Ethereum while he's not uh, even addressing XRP. I guess I'm a little less optimistic uh, of the immediacy of an approval. In other words, like November or, or even or even December. Um, you know, you the current chairman year? and the SEC have have said that they believe that pretty much everything in crypto, with the exception of Bitcoin, sometimes Ethereum and possibly stable coins are securities and that securities, at least in the United States, need to trade on a nationally recognized exchange. And they do not today. And I think these two issues um, at the moment are interwoven. That doesn't mean they can't be decoupled, but I think there's a view that, hey, if these don't trade on an, on an exchange, how do we know that the, the, the underlying prices are trustworthy? The, the, the thing about Bitcoin that gives me some optimism is everyone acknowledges Bitcoin is not a security, including the, the regulators. So possibly the, the Bitcoin ETF um, does go ahead more quickly, which, which would be great for the industry because it well, Tony, I'd love to pause it there for some comments because he says a couple of things that really caught my attention. First of all, I'm going to give you the open floor and then I'm going to give my two cents. Yeah, look, th this guy, he's talking his book a bit. I, I think we know he's big on Bitcoin and, and their business. It's funny how they don't mention XRP, you know, having the clarity. Um, but it's been the MO for a lot of these promoters. They start with Bitcoin. They'll talk about Ethereum. Uh, but we know eventually that liquidity, that capital flows from Bitcoin to Ethereum to XRP and the other alts. Um, and I, I think it's it's pretty telling, you know, that they don't want to mention XRP at all. I think they, it's in their like agenda and talking points. So very interesting. Um, and, and look, at, at the end of the day, the higher Bitcoin goes, the more liquidity flows to altcoins. So uh, if, if that's the game, then let it be. 
Gonzo, I want to address what's really the elephant in the room here is the fact that XRP is the only token with legal clarity and Bitcoin is the only one with the optimism of the market. If you listen to Larry Fink, if you listen to JP Morgan, Bitcoin is the token that everybody feels is safe and sustainable for the future. But look at the clarity in the USA. XRP currently stands alone, yet that's never addressed in the mainstream media with the sentiment. And we're going to be talking a lot about Binance later on today, but I want you to address that right now. The biggest players in the market are still giving Bitcoin and Ethereum that free pass. When do you think XRP will enter the conversation? You know, I think it'll come in due process, right? Like we know that the first domino to fall is going to be the spot ETF or Bitcoin, right? Because once they approve that, there's no reason to now deny the spot ETF for Ethereum because we have the futures product, right? And I think once you get those, you're going to start to see a transition in some of the other bigger market caps, altcoins into maybe turning those into futures and spot products. I thought it was really interesting that in the SEC lawsuit against Kraken, when they listed all the tokens that were securities, they left obviously XRP out of it, but they also left Ethereum out of it, right? And so I think all these things are going to play out next year as we get kind of closer to regulation and we get the spot ETF and, and then the other ETFs that are coming. Johnny, I'm going to go through a quick Twitter thread and get your opinion on what happened yesterday, because while everyone's focused on the settlement, they're focused on the Department of Justice. The SEC was left on the sidelines for this entire narrative, and Stuart Alderati had some strong words for the entire agency. He said the Binance resolution of anti-money laundering violations is the necessary step to bring the crypto industry into compliance with important laws and safeguards. Big banks went through the same thing a few years ago. Importantly, Nowhere does the Department of Justice suggest that Binance committed securities violations or even suggest that Binance traded assets on its platform that are securities. The Treasuries and CFTC joined the Department of Justice in the Binance deal, and the SEC did not and was glaringly absent from the stage yesterday. And there was an image being presented where all of the uh, leading figures from the different Justice Departments were standing together the SEC wasn't there, and Gary Gensler was notably not on the stage. This sends a clear message to the agency, says Stuart Alderati. Under Gary Gensler, has not only become an outlier globally, but an outlier within his own government. And this is where the strong words really come in. The SEC, like a petulant child who can't stand being ignored, tweeted its misguided lawsuit against Kraken at 3 p.m. today, the exact time the Department of Justice press conference regarding Binance was scheduled to begin. A truly secondhand embarrassment at this juvenile behavior from Stuart Alderati. It's important to remember the SEC's fabricated term crypto asset securities was nowhere to be found in the Department of Justice case against Binance. That's because it has no meaning under the law. And the courts have been very clear that tokens themselves are not securities. Guys, Johnny Crypto, floor is yours, and then we'll kick it to Tony. All right, Ab, so let me tell you what happened yesterday. Forget all this, this this whole WWE show that you saw yesterday, all right? I'm going to cut through the chase through all that bullshit. Forget all this stuff with the Stuart Alderati and the SEC. What happened yesterday was what we call the, the, the flip of the switch. And I don't mean the XRP flip of the switch. What you just saw yesterday was the end of the era of the geeks and the nerds playing in crypto. This is a shift. To the big boys. This game is over. This is the beginning of this. We've been telling you this for a while. You're going to continue to hear more and more about how CBDCs are good and cryptos are bad. And you just saw the handing of this thing over from all the geeks and the nerds that got this whole industry started 12 years ago. And, or maybe 13 years ago, whatever it was. A few years, you know, 15 years ago back. Where you had, you know, Binance was a leader in this. If it wasn't for ZZ and Binance, who knows where crypto would be today? They 
They literally helped put this thing on the map, and they just got taken out. They got taken out. This game is over. This is now shifting into the realm of a whole new world. And you are going to see this is now becoming. So so this is what happens when you like when you grow up and you're growing. You're like 10-year-old, 12-year-old. Now you have to be an adult. That's what's happening. Crypto is now going to end up getting absorbed into the real world, into the real player systems, into the NASDAQ or into the NYSE or whatever it is. And this is the process that it takes. And the one thing Stuart said that's correct is the banking industry went through this years ago. So did the online trading platform industry back in the early you know 2000s when you were in diapers. This whole thing, I remember the same exact thing happening. You had all these exchanges popping up. There were no rules. They were people were pumping and dumping stocks all the time. And they regulated all that shit out of business. And the same thing is happening right now as this thing gets converted over. But mark yesterday's date. That was the transition. That was a signal to the world that crypto is now going to go mainstream, but it isn't going to be controlled by the little guys who get, you know, the techies and the geekies. Uh, This is going to be taken over by the big boys. Now you're going to see a whole nother game. Absolutely, Johnny. And I think we're in the process of evolving, right? This is an evolution process and we're going to have to get the bad players out of the market. We got 258 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Tony, funny that you say that we got to get the bad players out of the market, but yet the <laughs> when, where were they getting FTX out of the market before he screwed everybody, right? The bad players are, it's the, that's the funny thing about this whole thing is was, was CZ and Binance really a bad player? Did they do a few things? Nobody's doing KYC. Nobody was doing it until now. So theoretically, go after everybody. So again, it's just a bunch of horse bull crap. Sorry, I just keep going. Well, Tony, let me get your opinion on this because right now, if you turn on the mainstream media, what they're touting is the fifth or the fourth largest colossal penalty in the history of compliance. $4.3 billion has been taken from Binance, and that's what you're going to see on the mainstream media. But the more important narrative that I really think is underlying all of this is that the SEC is not the primary regulator of crypto in any of these lawsuits, and that will become the standard going forward, at least in my opinion. But what stuck out to you? What was your reaction to Stewart's thread? Yeah, I think Stewart is spot on. Gary Gensler's punching air, as I mentioned before. His ego is getting smaller. Uh, he's he's not happy because there's a land grab uh, that's trying to happen here between the CFTC, the SEC, and other agencies. And I'm certain uh, Gary Gensler and Elizabeth Warren are talking right now on the phone trying to figure out what's our next move how can we you know build the optics and the narrative back up after you've taken two losses in court and the doj you know went after binance and not you because remember the sec did sue binance and as Stewart said the allegations um that they are proposing are not in this doj case um so the cfdc was part of the doj case so there's a big competition happening here amongst these government agencies. And it's good to see uh, that Gary Gensler is not a part of it because he's been putting out a lot of false narratives. He's he's big on marketing, right? And doing it, his optics play. And when something happens, he'll put out a video, he'll tweet and, and all these things. So um, I think it's a good sign. It's a good sign. And um, we need the other government agencies involved to have balance and Gary Gensler not having all the power that he wants. Yeah, you know, what's funny, Gary. I mean, uh, Tony, is yesterday, Gary just became irrelevant, frankly. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, you saw what happened, right? So the SEC, they can go in, but they don't really have criminal powers. When the DOJ is involved, it's over. It's a whole nother yeah. ball game because they can go after you for anything in everything. Whereas the, you know, the SEC is mainly more, I think, criminal up. Uh, sorry, civil fines and things like that, that you typically end up paying. So the SEC, they have a very, very small role to play in this. 
the DOJ is going to come after and they're going to wipe out anybody else they think that needs to get wiped out. And then you'll get Congress come and make the rules. And then the S I think the SEC's, you know, has just lost a lot of relevancy in this thing going forward, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. And what I think a lot of people who are so in depth with crypto, they study this every day. They don't think anybody validates Elizabeth Warren's opinion. A lot of people listen to Elizabeth Warren. A lot of people listen to Gary Gensler. As critical as our sector of the market is, there's a huge portion of this market that takes them very seriously. And we even showed it at the beginning of the show that the CEO of the New York Stock Exchange said, Gary Gensler's opinion is Bitcoin and Ethereum, so on and so forth. He's validating the market through their opinions. This is what's important. And I think this is what's going to change over the next 12 months. Elizabeth Warren stated yesterday, the CEO of the world's largest crypto exchange pleaded guilty to breaking anti-money laundering laws. This is all part of a larger trend of criminal activity in the crypto industry, and sadly, it's predictable. I urge the Department of Justice to investigate Binance for lying to Congress. And Tony, Johnny brought up a great point. How are we supposed to comply when there aren't laws and rules in place? This is the big question. You can paint these people as bad players, but who are the good players in this market? Coinbase is sued. Grayscale's been through it. Ripple's been through it. Kraken. Uphold has managed to sustain themselves through this entire thing while keeping XRP listed. So shout out to Uphold this morning. But what do you take away from all this, Tony? Yeah, it's it's just a mess. And I recently interviewed Congressman Tom Emmer. I published uh, that interview this morning. And one of the things he's working on is an amendment to have the or not have the taxpayer funds be used to fund uh, crypto enforcement actions against the crypto industry. Um, so I'm hoping that bill makes it all the way. Uh, he introduced the amendment, it got voted on and I'm hoping, uh, Congress can, you know, pass some regulations in 2024. There's a couple bills in the house. So hopefully these things can help, uh, bring some light as to the confusion, the corruption, the nonsense that's going on in the sec. And look, there are people who are trying to kiss Gary Genser's ass, right? Because they want licenses and so forth. So they'll go out there on TV and say certain things. Gary said this and yada, yada. Um, whether they believe it or not, you know, we don't know. But look, a lot of it is narratives and optics, right? You pretend to be Gary's friend, but we've seen he's nobody's friend. You come in and he'll stab you in the back. And that's the unfortunate truth about a lot of players in this market. Gonzo, I'm going to get your opinion first after we play this video right here because this is Elizabeth Warren showing her true colors, Tony. What I think is shocking is there are a lot of globalists participating in the American system. And this could be a great example of that, guys. But we got over 305 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. and Check out Elizabeth Warren's statements. Let me know what you think in the live chat. Banks do wrong if you think we could improve that in a digital world. The answer is sure you could. But in that case, let's do a central bank digital currency. Are you there? Oh, for a central bank digital currency? Yeah. Yes. I think it's time for us to. So move essentially, because we're, you know, the thing is, when you look at it, every piece of paper currency we issue, not with coins, but every paper currency has its own identity. Mm -hmm. So essentially, we're prepared for the blockchain now <laughs> with, with currency. Should that be how we build this? So I think of it as, again, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Mm -hmm. And if the problem you're trying to solve is fast, almost frictionless ability to send money across the country, do it rapidly, send it around the world, be able to send it to your cousins in Argentina. If that's what you're trying to solve, a central bank digital currency does that. And Tony, I'm kicking this straight to you, actually, and then we're going to go to Gonzo. Elizabeth Warren is showing her true colors here. What do you take away from this video? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw Caitlin Long tweet about this this morning. And look, uh, Elizabeth Warren has a lot of power. And, and I've learned that when talking to a variety of people, um, the Biden administration gave her a lot of power. And that's why it's been very tough for even the House Financial Services to rein in Gary Genser because he's got Elizabeth Warren behind him. And she obviously the, the head of the snake for Operation Choke Point 2.0, trying to hurt crypto in different ways um, with Gary Genser, as well as cutting off the banking. Uh, but that banking situation had a domino effect. But she's all about the CBDC and government control and continuing the same money control they've been doing for a long time, just in a digital format. But we can't let that happen. Gonzo, the floor is yours. Yeah, you know, she's totally anti-decentralizing. You know, like uh, like Tony was saying, like people listen to her, the older generations listen to her. And because they're not in a space like us, they don't understand really what decentralized is. And she makes it seem like, yeah, if you want to send money quickly, it's not decentralized. It's the central bank digital currency, right? She's going to keep pushing that narrative. Um, and so it, it's unfortunate, you know, uh, you know, Congress definitely needs to step in and give us uh, rules of the road. You know, it's sad when you look at everything, what happened with Binance and everything, right? Like none of like the accusations to Kraken, to Coinbase, to Binance, none of it was like, commingling customer funds, stealing customer funds. There was no type of fraud or kind of stealing criminal activity. Like she likes that narrative. She keeps pushing that criminal activity narrative. It was all like what Tony said earlier. It was like KYC stuff. It was all AML stuff, right? But yet you had Gary Gensler that was buddying up to SBF. That was one of the biggest of our generation, like one of the biggest scams that you've ever seen. It was <clears> straight up set up to defraud people, right? But yet they went after these companies that are just trying to get some type of like rules of the road so they can follow it. Like their narrative, like Gary Gensler and those were narratives. I think these companies are, are like just trying to like, uh, you know, go around the rules that they're, they're being all nefarious, but they're not. They're actually trying to just build a business and follow the rules, but they won't tell them what the rules are. I completely agree. And Johnny, I'm going to give you the floor here, but we brought up the Kraken lawsuit yesterday. And Tony, this is something worth addressing. The co-mingling of customer funds continues to come up in all of these allegations. And I think that you're probably someone who's well-informed to address the issue. Why is this the standard within these lawsuits? They're going to be accused of co-mingling customer funds. They're going to say they took customer assets and used them to pay company expenses. Why is that always a reoccurring narrative when we look at these exchanges that are sued? Well, I think uh, because there's right now it's a black box. And, and let me break it down a bit. There are exchanges who have proof of reserves. OKX, even Binance was doing this. Uh, many launch uh, Merkle Tree audits and, and the proof of reserve reports. Um, the, the challenge is there's no government agency reviewing this right now. So it's an easy target, right, to say, oh, yeah, they're commingling without any proof. Uh, just to make that accusation and it can draw a bunch of headlines especially post FTX. But as you mentioned before, Gary Genser had Sam Beckman fried in his office, FTX officials in his office. He was not looking at what Sam was doing. He was in fact trying to get him that special broker dealer license that he gave to Ethereum. So uh, it's, it's pathetic. And uh, they're trying to just throw anything at the wall. I, it, that's what I see right now. Just in a different attempt. He's, he's pushing lawsuits in different courts. He's throwing all these different uh, accusations around. And that's why going back to Binance, right? DOJ didn't use any of the SEC's accusations. Uh, so Gary Genser, we've seen he's willing to lie just to get uh, more power. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours, because I think that's the, the bigger point that's, that's going on here. 
Gary Gensler's opinion is affecting the market way too much. Whether and, and there was a poll that was ran the other day, and people still believe that Gary Gensler has affected XRP more than any other other player in this market. I would argue that Jay Clayton, the one who actually filed the lawsuit initially back in 2020, has been much more detrimental to the influence of XRP. But what do you take away from all these statements? Then I've got some great articles to get into. Oh, I wouldn't argue either way. I mean, it's not, it doesn't matter the person. It doesn't matter whether Clayton did it or when Gary got in there, he was going to do it. It didn't matter. You don't understand. This is not about the person. That's where you're getting lost. This is about the 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 whatever administration and narrative they want to want coming from the top and who's ever in that seat is going to be the puppet that's going to run it. And, you know, today you just got the validation of what we've been saying for, for almost a year, year and a half on this show, that this was the narrative you're going to start hearing that crypto's bad and CBDC is good. You just heard Warren come out and say, Oh yeah, I'm ready for a CBDC. It's all about CBDC. We told you, we told you a year and a half ago, it's coming that. So if you understood that that's where the big boys want to go, then you clearly understand what the SEC is going to be doing. They're going to do everything in their power to make this look bad. And that's what you continue to see over and over. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. They did this wrong. They have commingling funds and this and that. First of all, I bet you stock exchange, they all do it. And then they're trying to say cryptocurrencies used for criminal activities, nefarious activities that, okay, like the US dollar isn't. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just laughable. But when you understand that this is where we're headed, then you understand the SEC and any other tools the U.S. government have is going to continue to go after crypto until this gets approved, until this is done and this is dead. And the only piece they're going to let stay alive are the elements like, oh, Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin's been blessed. Bitcoin's not going anywhere. It's here forever. They love it. You heard yesterday, even though what was her name? The other center who's pro crypto, I forgot her name, Alumis. She was really saying Bitcoin will be the gold standard, she said. Gold standard. So you're going to see the continuation of beating down, choking, pointing, and screaming out, you know, crypto as much as they can to get it into the small little box that they can run and control and own. And that's where we're headed. And that doesn't mean crypto is going away. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they're going to try to make that a little less relevant. And move it more into a CBDC, which will be backed by the U.S. government. And it will all come under the name of protection, my friend. Absolutely. We got 335 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is what Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said yesterday. She dropped a bombshell on the crypto world, not only accusing Binance, but sending a message to all players in the market. If you're not complying, they're going to come knocking. Protecting the U.S. financial system. And this will make all of us safer. Let me be clear. We're also sending a message to the virtual currency industry more broadly today and for the future. If virtual currency exchanges and financial technology firms wish to realize the tremendous benefits of being part of the U.S. financial system and serving U.S. customers they must play by the rules. And if they do not, the U.S. government will take action. Today's announcement shows the Treasury is prepared to use all of its tools to carry out its crucial mandate of combating illicit finance and protecting the U.S. financial system. And this will make all of us safer. 
Okay, Tony, I'm going to take a little bit of a different narrative here because when we've been talking about Gary Gensler, we're talking about what's his bigger objective here? What's his long-term goal? That's what you're looking at right now. This is where Gary Gensler would like to be in maybe two years or three years or even 12 months. And what I think is so interesting is what is Janet Yellen's number one job? To preserve the value of the American dollar. What is one of the biggest threats to the American dollar right now, guys? The cryptocurrency market as a whole. And I think that's the entire narrative that's playing out here. If I were to summarize it in just a few sentences, but what did you take away from this announcement as well as the enforcement actions, Tony? Then we'll dive into some new topics. Yeah, you know, they're they're going to grandstand, do their victory lap and uh um but it's 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 just about optics and uh to your point, you know, Yellen and and the people at the treasury and the IRS, you know, they put out these crazy rules which the industry is fighting back on about the broker uh rules and so forth and reporting, which is impossible to do, right, with DeFi um, and even uh, different aspects of the crypto market. But like you said, they're trying to protect the U.S. dollar. I, I think in, in my interview with Ralph Powell, he mentioned this, that, you know, they, they they don't have control of it yet. And as Johnny was saying, you know, yesterday was a big marker uh, in the timeline to transition to where they can control it. Um, and they're worried that a lot of money is going to leave the system, go into stable coins, go into crypto, go into staking. And they don't have control of it, right? The money printer that and manipulating the currency and whatever they have to do. So part of the fighting back is is as a result of protecting the, the currency. But the other is also, hey, the Wall Street, our Wall Street friends, BlackRock, the Jamie Diamonds, JP Morgan, they're getting left behind, right? Binance is making billions, Coinbase is making billions. How dare they? Right. We're the we're the ones that have been making the, these money, uh, the, the epic amounts of bonuses and much more over the years. So they're coming to take it over. So it's like you said, it's twofold Wall Street takeover and currency control. Bingo. That's how you summarize it right there, guys. And before I kick it over to take Gonzo over. and Johnny, like that word. Take here's over. a little update from John Deaton. And what I think was happening is that cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin is one of the few times in history where the individual kind of front run the, the industry, if you right. will, in the hedge funds. And personally, I think the Gensler's attack on crypto is to allow the hedge funds and the Wall Streeters to come in, crash the market. They come in and then By the way, they, they do the that with the stock market. So by the way, they do that with the stock market. I love that comment. Gonzo, floor is yours. I was, that's so funny that you play that video. I was just about to say that, right? That this is the opportunity where we're able to front run uh, institutional investors. Because when you look at the, the market overall, right? Um, it, it, we're in a different phase. If we would have gotten those kind of Binance and what happened at the end of last year, like imagine after FTX or maybe in January before we had that run, I think the market would have reacted differently. Like all we got was a healthy correction. It kind of just shook it off. Right. Like if you look at the altcoin market, the total three, the chart that we showed yesterday, we've made a higher high. We've been just making a series of higher lows and we've made a higher high. Now we're getting a healthy correction and we're going to make a higher low and then we're going to keep it moving. Right. So um, I think it's all positive going into the Bitcoin having what's happening next year. And so any like pullbacks are just great opportunities for me to dollar cost average. And Tony, there is a lot of optimism in the market as, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? As down as big of a downfall as it was yesterday for the crypto industry in the USA, there is a lot of positive sentiment, whether it's the XRP receiving clarity possibly in April. We've got Bitcoin ETFs being approved, spot Ethereum ETFs being filed. There's a massive movement in the United States to start adopting these assets. And I do think that yesterday was just a step in the right direction. Now, was it the correct step? 
I don't know. But do I think that we're progressing as an industry? Absolutely. And I feel as if that's undeniable right now. Here's a primary example of that, guys. As yesterday, this is Grayscale CEO Mike Novengratz talking about how when BlackRock talks, everybody listens. What does that mean from an investor's perspective? There's always opportunity, right? I like Bitcoin a lot right now uh, because it is this this generation's version of digital gold. It's being adopted more and more, right? Larry Fink, who is a $7 trillion asset manager, uh, has come out publicly and said, I like this as a store of value. I see this being put in portfolios all over the world. When BlackRock talks, people listen. And that's what happened last month, Tony. So it's very interesting that the lobbyists are now becoming optimistic while Gary Gensler is getting ready to approve a Bitcoin product. Floor is yours and then we'll keep it moving. Yeah, look, I am bullish. I am very bullish. I know the news yesterday was not bullish for CZ in particular, but look, all things considered, this this was a good package for CZ and it was a de-risking of the crypto market. I'm not saying CZ was doing something bad or nefarious, but just the rumor of, right, the perception that something was happening sometimes can be greater than the reality of, right? Everybody, oh, Binance, oh, what is this? And then there's just so much noise, that noise was put to bed. Um, and I think the market knew that, it reacted well, it held up, right? And I think we are on the launching pad. Um, these ETFs are around the corner. Uh, I'm super, super bullish. Um, my concern is while this bull market will be, I think, the mother of all crypto bull markets, what will future bull markets look like with BlackRock and Wall Street in complete control, right? Um, I don't know. Do we have the same type of returns? Maybe not. I don't know. Hard to tell. So this could this be the last great bull run? <laughs> you know, that's possible. And this is what's interesting, Tony. When you think about it from this perspective, we're applying the when BlackRock talks, everybody listens to the to the Ethereum and Bitcoin narrative, the tokenization narrative is also what BlackRock is really diving into. They've talked about how the next step for finance is tokenization. And I've got a video corresponding to that. As the World Bank president, who is chosen by the president of the United States, says that a digital dollar will change everything. Here's him breaking it down. Digitization and data and the use of data is a big enabler in this change. It'll change everything. It'll change how we approach climate. It'll change how we approach education and health in our human capital efforts. It will change how we approach, uh, you know, anti-corruption platforms. It will change everything. I believe that digitization and data and the use of data is a big enabler in this change. And that's what happened yesterday as well, Johnny. Remember when we were going through, I believe it was the Kraken lawsuit. It wasn't the Binance lawsuit yet. They were going to have to pay a $4 billion fine, or maybe it was the Binance lawsuit, but also give customer data to the government. That's what they're so excited about blockchain. This game, this man is just highlighting blockchain allows us to access and store data like we've never been able to do it before. Of course, they're going to be excited about the product. What do you take away from this? The big data, data is the next you know, oil, if you will, they say that all the time. And that's why, because every single decision that's made is based off of data. I mean, if you click seven likes on Facebook, they know everything about you, right? So that's how important data is to any industry. The bad news is what they do with the data. You know, when he talks about all the things he said sound great, but if you think about how they're going to implement to do those things, you're not going to be very happy about how those things could be used against you. So that's always the risk, the downside on anything like that. But it doesn't matter because that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. It's going to happen. You ain't stopping it. Don't even bother. Don't try. The reality is just put yourself and your family in a position to hopefully 
Mm-hmm. Could generate some generational wealth off of this, what I call, what I believe, Tony kind of touched on it. I kind of, I don't want to say I know for sure because I don't, but I, it, so part of my gut is telling me this may be the last bull run, crypto bull run we ever see, if we even get a, a, another one, because the game has changed. Let's face it. You didn't have all the big players, the government agencies, the congressmen, the senators, the SEC, and everybody else involved in 2020, 2013, 2017, 2020, like you do today. It's a completely different game. It's uncharted territories. Everybody says, nope, we're going to continue on. We're going to get another bull run. Good. I hope they're all right because we are all positioned very well. But it won't surprise me if after this one, as Tony said, this may very well be the last one because now this game is going to get manipulated by the big boys. Now, I'm not saying they're not going to make things happen, but look at the stock market. You don't see things going off 100x, 200x like you do anymore now that it's under their control. And I think this is going to be no different, but that's my eight cents. I got to get a response. Gonzo, I'm going to give you the floor and we'll kick it to Tony. Yeah. You know, I, I think these guys are right. And then, you know, you got to look for the different opportunities where you can kind of continue to front run these institutional investors. Right. So it's further down the risk curve, but what I believe we're going to see is what we saw in the life cycle and the last cycle with Ethereum, right. And Ethereum's ecosystem and all the different, platforms that came up with ethereum i think we're going to see that in this cycle with solana right solana did not go to zero after everything that happened in 2022 i think it's here to stay with fire dancer and everything they're doing with the tech you're now going to see these this ecosystem of solana i think rise up in this next bull run further down the risk curve not financial advice but when you look at like pipe network which is their version of Chainlink, you're going to get jupiter which is their kind of finance thing there's going to be these different projects that come out in solana that I think are going to do extremely well in the next bull run further down the risk curve. But like, those are the opportunities that I'm looking for. And when you zoom out, Tony, we've actually had an extremely bullish year for many of these assets. Bitcoin would be included in that group. We've already seen Bitcoin go as low as $15,000 during the last bear market. I don't think we're going to be retesting those levels anytime soon. And there's a lot of people who were stating, we're going to get a final pullback from 40,000 all the way to 20. I don't necessarily see that. And I think one of the ways you miss out during the bull run is you wait for lower lows to enter the market. That's just as naive as waiting for higher highs to sell. So where do you really think we are in this entire process? Like you outlined, every time we get a halving, it's positive, but this is different because of the institutions. Yeah, look, I think the market bottom in November and December 2022, and I was buying there, I shared some screenshots, uh, blood in the streets, everybody's scared. I was like, look, I've seen this show before. And I, yeah. I bought, right? And and look, uh, that's already paid off, right? It's already, I could cash out right now and I'm in the red, uh, excuse me, the red, the green. <laughs> um, so you have to zoom out. I know a lot of people get caught up in the daily, the hourly and the weekly. And they're like, dude, how can you be bullish? Bitcoin's pulling back. I'm like, zoom out, dude. Like, look at the charts. It's right in front of your face. Uh, so this is why you have to educate yourself. This is part of financial education. What What part of the market cycle are we in? Learn to read the charts. You don't have to be the perfect technical analyst. I'm not by any means, but I can look at the charts and see the trends. And we are trending upwards. Like we are trending in 2019 to 2020 and in 2016 to 2017, right? We're seeing the upward trend. Will there be volatility? Of course. That's part of how you make money in this market. So Bitcoin could drop to, I don't know, 30K tomorrow or to 28K. That's okay. Remember what happened in the COVID crash of 2020. Look at that crash and then look at the rebound. Incredible. It, it doesn't make sense. You can't comprehend it, but markets, that's how the market's moving. So 
I'm bullish. We're in an upward trend. Will there be volatility? Of course. And I think the marker for the start of the bull market, in my opinion, is the Bitcoin halving. I think right now we're in that transition phase from bear to bull. And then I think 2024 is going to be great and 2025 even better. Hey, Tony, I guess uh, we're wrong because this guy says Bitcoin's going to zero. What do you say to that, Tony? <laughs> I say he doesn't deserve the airtime, Johnny Crypto, but we got 355 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Tony, this is exactly what you were just breaking down on the Bitcoin price chart. We saw that we saw Bitcoin dip in March of 2020 all the way to $3,800, at least on this wick. And then from that point, over the next year and a half, we did about a 25x, whatever you would call it, all the way up to $69,000 here. And that's what I think we could be on the precipice of. Do I think we're going to go from 15 to half a million dollars to cycle? Absolutely not. But do I think that we're, we're going to retest all-time highs and probably double it? That's what seems fairly likely to me, at least when I look at prior cycles. And Johnny, I did want to get some of your comments. An exit plan is essential when we're talking about many of these assets. But Bitcoin reaching 100K, is that a possibility for this cycle? Oh, I, I think so. Absolutely. And when you talk about the, the flood of liquidity that's going to come into this market when the Bitcoin ETF gets approved. Now, it's going to take the Bitcoin ETF approval for that to happen because you need, listen, you need money. Money's got to come in or it doesn't matter. Right now, we just got a flood of $1 trillion just, just kind of like, like an amoeba moving around and it goes here and it goes there. But it's all the same pool of money. But when that pool of money gets bigger, that's going to drive everything up. And that pool of money is going to get bigger. We all know there's $350 million billion to maybe even up to a trillion that's going to come into this space alone when we get that Bitcoin ETF. And I think that's going to drive Bitcoin over six-figure numbers. That's my eight cents. But I'm curious what uh, Tony or whatever you guys think. Tony, I want to just because we're short on time, let's actually switch the conversation over to a Ripple IPO because this is something that we everybody is estimating will come in the first two quarters of next year. We've got some new evidence of that from our friend Crypto Airy here. She said, in our opinion, it will take until the end of 2024 for the SEC case to be resolved. This means that Ripple will be able to resume its path for an IPO. So that does extend the timeline. But I want to ask you one question, then give me your thoughts on the IPO. How is this going to affect the Ripple price? Uh, one thing I cannot understand is there's a lot of optimism, and maybe you don't know either, so I'm just genuinely asking. There's a lot of optimism on Twitter about how this is going to impact the price of XRP. I understand how this is going to be good for the XRPL ecosystem, but I'm not sure how it would impact the XRP price. Maybe you can break it down. Yeah, you know, that's to be seen. I, I think there will be some benefits, but I don't think it's going to be this spectacular thing. Ripple's IPOing, so that means XRP immediately has to pump. I don't think so. Um, will there be some benefits where the price gets a little bump? Sure. I, I think that's possible. But I think there are two separate things. However, what's interesting, and, and these two things are running in parallel, right? Because from the macro, Fed is pausing. Um, they may start QE again next year. We know they have to start that money printer, right? You raise the debt ceiling, you, you, you do this, you do that. Who's going to pay for it? The money printer, right? So that's going to come back. So that means the IPO market overall will start to ramp up, right? I think we can foresee that. We're coming out of the bear market. Um, and then at the same time, with that liquidity also is helping the stock market and crypto to rise. So these things are happening in parallel. Some people might say, oh, because Ripple is IPOing, the price is going up. But it's like we're in a bull market now. So the price is going to go up. So it's to be seen what the IPO news does to the price of XRP. I don't, I'm not expecting anything, honestly. I'm more focused on the bull market, what liquidity is flowing to Bitcoin, and then down to the alts.
Yeah, I think that's really what matters. We talked about this a while on the show, Tony. I agree with you 100%. The two are completely disconnected. XRP will get a little pump just off of the news, but it's not going to be anything sustainable. At the end of the day, it's really going to be a good news for anybody who's a Ripple IPO holder. It's going to pump. Just look at Coin. Look at what Coinbase did. It'll pump up, and it'll get crashed down, and it'll pump up again, and then it'll drop down and stay low for a while. But in terms of XRP, anybody who thinks XRP is going to go up and benefit from that and stay up, I don't think they understand how these two are two completely separate things and not really related. I, I think people are emotional. And so I think like you guys are right, we get a little bit of price action because people are just emotional and they connect yep. the two. But I think, you know, Tony brings up a really good point about the Fed and, and cuts, right? We saw this like in 2019, that alt season really didn't really take off until I think two months after they started cutting rates, right? And so I think we won't get like a true alt season until we see what happens next year with, with the quantitative easing. And then I think we're going to see a correlation between uh, cutting of rates even a little bit, and then, you know, alt season kind of taking off or some of the riskier assets start to kind of appreciate in value. And an important conversation to have, right, is that the XRP ETF will undeniably impact the price of XRP. That's not a conversation. The Ripple IPO is a totally separate topic, but I've seen them become intertwined on Twitter. So I wanted to address it during the show. And what I think will happen, Tony, is I think that Ripple is going to be smart enough that if the market allows them to do so, they're going to launch their IPO at the top of the market. It just seems to be the way it goes. And like Johnny talked about, when we talk about what Coinbase did back in 2020, their IPO was perfectly correlated to the peak of the market. Wouldn't surprise me at all if the biggest IPO this time around does the same thing. What do you think? Is that probably something we'll see? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a, you know, if you're a shareholder and so forth, you know, fiduciary responsibility of the company to make as much return for, for those folks. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that would be the smart move, of course, like you said, similar to Coinbase. And, um, I, I think, you know, going back to my point of macro, as more liquidity comes into the general markets, uh, you want to time it with that as well. So I think if the stars align there, um, it'll be a, a really good return for, uh, shareholders of Ripple and, and, uh, I think XRP as well, but not because of the IPO, but overall the bull market. Yeah. You know, just to build on that, Tony, if you remember back when, when the internet boom started to happen, you started to get all these companies coming out. Don't be surprised abs. If 2024 and 2025 is the year of the IPO where you see all these companies, not just ripple, go look at, go look at link to Kraken's in there, Upholds in there, Ledger's in there, Dapper Labs is in there, Circles in there. All of these companies, if what Tony and I believe to be true, that this may be the last true bull run, the last real pump, this is the time where you're going to see all these companies come out and do an IPO. Why wouldn't you? If I'm a company in this, I'm a CEO. If I'm a CEO, well, I am, but if I'm CEO of one of these other companies, right? And I know that this is probably, there's going to be a big major pump here. Why wouldn't I want to go and do an IPO right now when all these other companies are going to do it? So don't be surprised. Keep an eye on that. I, I do believe 2024, 2025 may be the year of the IPO for all these crypto companies. And it's an exciting time because that's going to validate the industry as well. When a lot of these companies are trading on the New York Stock Exchange, Absolutely. there's going to be plenty of funding to build into these economies. And that's what I'd anticipate over the years ahead. Now, Tony, I'm going to do a little bit of online math real quick. So bear with me here. We had Mark Yusko on an interview a couple of weeks ago. And what he outlined is that his belief is that this market will reach $5 trillion during the next bull market. So we're going to go with that math for the next couple of minutes. 
every bull market, XRP will typically reach 17% dominance. So of that 5 million, 800, or sorry, trillion, 850 billion would end up in XRP at one point if we're doing the math and applying it to this cycle. Well, that takes us to an extremely high price target. And I'm not going to break that down exactly, but I do want to hear your opinion. First of all, do you think XRP will reach its standard dominance of 17% for this cycle? And second of all, do you agree with Mark Yusko? $5 trillion seems inevitable this time around. Yeah, I definitely agree with Mark, um, especially when you because you have these ETFs, right? And and BlackRock and Wall Street are going to advertise this. They're, they're going to build the awareness. Uh, we're going to have more, a lot more people coming into the market. And as always, you know, people enter the market with Bitcoin, but then they explore the top 10, the top 20, and XRP is in that top 10. And I think XRP is going to have, uh, I personally, and I could be wrong, um, but I personally think XRP is going to be one of the biggest performers in this upcoming uh, cycle. Uh, with the context to that is, it still held its position in the top 10, despite the Ripple lawsuit, all through that, right? Um, and now it has the clarity. Ripple has the clear runway to do what they want now. That nothing's stopping them. And, and we're seeing a lot of partnerships and news being launched. So I think uh, XRP is going to perform really well, in my opinion. Hey, um, Abs, I'm going to go on the record here and say, yeah. not only am I going to make a prediction that 2024, 25 will be the year of the IPO. It's also going to be the year that all you guys are going to become geniuses from your friends and family. All your friends and families, members, who have been saying that you're, you know, you're in that crappy scam thing. What are you in that for? When CNN and Fox News and everybody starts telling the world that, you know, because because Sony's spot on. BlackRock's already got all the talking papers. All their agents are going to be calling up their clients. Hey, you know, this is legit now. Put the 401k. When they start talking about it on TV and this thing is legitimized, all you guys here are now going to be viewed as geniuses and Nostradamuses. And how did you guys know it? And what's coming next? So mark my word, that's also going to happen in 2024. 2024. Well, I'm looking forward to the day. And Johnny Crypto, if it doesn't happen, at least I got your trust, my friend. But we got Absolutely. 370 live listeners joining us. Let me know your opinion in the live chat. Do you think that XRP is going to do what many of us are predicting? Because if we do reach an $850 billion market cap, even for a minute, that is a $20 back of the napkin math XRP, Johnny Crypto. And I think many of our listeners would be excited with that. So, Tony, I'm not going to ask you to call out a $20 XRP, but do you think it's likely we'll test all-time highs? We've got a lot of optimism with XRP products being launched in the USA, but we know one thing is for sure. Put the IPO to the side. This lawsuit will be behind us by the end of 2024. Is that going to lead to massive optimism for this token in particular? You're on the spot, Tony. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think we will hit new all-time highs for sure. Um, $20, I don't know, but look, I, I, I'll be happy with $10, right? Even like uh, $8 to $10 around that range. What about $5.89? So you happy with $5.89? <laughs> $5.89, yeah. <laughs> that always seems to be part of the brand. Tony, we talk about predictive programming, right? If you show people something enough, eventually they adopt it into their mindset. We got to keep showing $5.89 out here, people, because eventually it may become a reality. $20. $20. Let's go $20. And I do want to give Merlin a shout out, guys. Remember, we announced yesterday we have over a thousand users using the application. So big shout out to Johnny Crypto. I think it's validation for just how great the app is. And think about it this way, guys. Take your XRP, figure out an exit plan, utilize the Merlin application, and most importantly, it's free for the first 30 days. So you got nothing to lose, Johnny Crypto. That's what's really exciting here. But guys, I want to close out this episode with a pretty exciting conversation because I think, Tony, we see all the negativity in the market. Everybody's pessimistic about the lawsuit. Is this going to bring bearish sentiment in? Let's close it on a positive note. The SEC 
They were left on the sidelines yesterday, which tells me one thing. Most of these tokens will not be securities. And that's music to my ears after the three years we just went through. So you tell me, do you agree? We're going to see the SEC not only be put to the side, but see the U.S. become extremely pro-crypto over these next 12 months. Oh, absolutely. And I think we got to thank Ripple for starting this because they really disarmed the SEC and then grayscale after that. And look, I think Coinbase is going to destroy the SEC and that's going to be in the end of it. And Congress will be forced to really act. This agency taking high profile hits. Uh, but this is all bullish news. It's all good news. Gary Genser, you know, they often talk about the wild west of crypto. Well, it's the wild west of regulators right now uh, with Gary <laughs> Genser running them up. Exactly. And, and yeah, Elizabeth Warren has, is, has him on a leash and, you know, he's doing her bidding. Um, so all bullish news. The Binance news bullish. Yes, it's not entirely bullish for CZ, but bullish for the market. Um, we're preparing for, I think, the mother of all crypto bull markets with these ETFs. And um, the de-risking is taking place. And uh, I think Congress will act and put the SEC in their place. Guys, they're asking me to talk about a couple of things. So let me go rapid fire before Tony jumps off. He, this person said, Abs, talk about the SEC meeting with Ripple on the 1130 for settlement. This is a meeting they have every single month. I'm not expecting a settlement to come out of this meeting. Tony, I'm sure you're very familiar with this. I've been seeing this come up every four weeks for the last three years. These meetings are not settlement meetings, so don't be tricked on Twitter, guys. Stay focused yeah. and hold your bags. Second thing, Abs, please share the monthly price for Merlin. Johnny Crypto, you are the CEO. Your mic is already unmuted. What's the monthly price for Merlin for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, so we have two prices. If you go with the monthly price, it's eighteen eighty eight after the thirty days, or if you buy annual price, you get a discount, so it's sixteen ninety nine. So you can you can get the and if you're in the academy, you get a super discount that's way lower, twenty five percent off. Absolutely, guys. And I want to close this thing out by Tony. Where can they find more of your content? I watch your show almost every day, so I already know where to go. But where can they find the Thinking Crypto podcast as well as your YouTube channel? Yeah, so at Thinking Crypto on YouTube, uh, on Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on social media as well, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. And Johnny Crypto, last thing we got to address, Gonzo, give me your opinion here as well. What do you believe happens first? We asked the live chat. $3 XRP, $100,000 Bitcoin, or $10,000 Ethereum. 67% of the 250 votes believe we're going to see a $3 XRP first. Johnny, you give me your thoughts really briefly, and then we got to let Tony jump. You know, that that's going to be a close one because usually Bitcoin goes off first and then XRP follows. So uh, I'm sorry, man. I, I don't think we're going to see that. I could be wrong, uh, but I'm, I'm going to guess uh, we're going to see. I like I like the different opinions. So Johnny thinks 100K Bitcoin first. What about you, Gonzo? Yeah, I would have to lean into that. Unfortunately, we see this all the time. Like Bitcoin leads the market. When, when Bitcoin goes up, the altcoins go up, right? All yeah. based on Bitcoin dominance. And so I, I'm, I'm going to have to lean into that a little bit until we see something different. Tony, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but what do you think about what our users had to say? $100,000 Bitcoin, $10,000 Ethereum, $3 XRP. I fall into the Bitcoin category, guys. I really do because I think this market follows the Bitcoin narrative. What do you think, Tony? Oh, yeah. I'm in agreement with Johnny and Gonzo and you. Uh, it starts with Bitcoin. Uh, whether we like it or not, those are the facts. And uh, look, it's it's not a bad thing. Bitcoin pumps, the more liquidity that goes into it, the more flows of the altcoins. So we'll make money either way. Uh, just diversify, of course. Absolutely, guys. And tomorrow it is Thanksgiving, Johnny Crypto. And I am going to be in, I almost said where you live, your house on Friday. So I'm super excited <laughs> about that as well. But I want to say thank you. 
Yeah, everybody's going to drive. Totally you right? We got 375 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say a special thank you to Tony for joining us this morning. Thank you to Gonzo and thank you to Johnny Crypto as well. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, Bye, guys. Thanks, baby. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Tony. Let's, Let's go. Woo.